And we are now very pleased to be joined after <laughs> this is making our third attempt to uh, have our, our quarterly conversation with uh, uh, Northfield Ho uh, Clinic and uh, Northfield Hospital and Clinics President and CEO Steve Underdahl. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning, Rich. I'm I'm good. I don't have any uh, grandchildren-oriented diseases this morning, so uh, life is good. And we we have uh, uh, adjusted our uh, ability to uh, talk to people uh, off campus too. So uh, uh, a little bit of uh, problem problems on on both sides, but here we are. Um, right. Thanks. Yeah, it's 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 good to actually get a chance to talk with you, sir. I. I uh, I always really enjoy your conversations with uh, with Jeff. You've got uh, you've always got a lot of insight, so I'm I'm really happy to be able to do this uh, today. Um, when you and Jeff talk, there's always there's always you know the first thing you guys always talk about. There's always some kind of issue that you guys have to discuss. So I want to start a little bit of a a different note. Very clearly, uh, NHNC has uh, had some challenges this year. Can you tell me what's been going right for NHNC this year? Yeah, the, the, well, that's a that, that's a helpful place to start because <laughs> uh, I, I think uh, you know, and, and certainly the, the the pressures that are happening in healthcare around the state and around the the country run run the risk of overshadowing um, you know many other really positive uh, good things. So there are some there are some kind of cool things that are uh, happening uh, and have been happening. We've got some new providers. Uh, who've come on. We've got a new uh, uh, OB physician, uh, Dr. Uh, Allie McCarter, um, uh, who's just uh, fantastic. And I think um, uh, the, the young women that are going to work with her are just going to really, really enjoy her. We also have a new midwife, uh, Senya uh, Ruska, who's just started. So we have a full complement now of, of, of midwives for our midwifery program. We've got a a uh, relatively new uh, orthopedic physician, uh, Greg Erickson, who uh, comes to us from the, the, the Mayo universe uh, and uh, is just a great guy and a really, really skilled physician. So, so there's some pretty cool things uh, happening there. One of the other things that we, we've been working on this for a year, so it might not sound like as big a deal to you, but it's a big deal to us, is that <laughs> you might remember we started this urgent care out on Highway 3 about yeah. a year ago. And... You know, we're kind of the dog that caught the fire truck, and we've been trying to, you know, get enough staff to have, uh, you know, a broader spectrum of hours there. And so we're we're at a point now, starting this week, where we are able to be uh, open seven days a week and have more expanded hours. So oh, that's fantastic. Monday through, yeah. I mean, I went there as a patient um, uh, last year for you know kind of the crud that was going around, mm -hmm. and and just visited with people at you know, my, my fellow patients in the lobby and, and almost to a person, people said, this is really, you know, when you're sick today, um, it's great to have a resource like this. So, well, but Monday through Friday now will be open 8.30 to 7.30 and then Saturday and Sunday, 8.30 in the morning to 3.30 in the afternoon. You so know, I have been a guy so that, that has, that's kind of cool. I've been a guy that has made great use, uh, over the years of that particular clinic before you guys, uh, took it over. And when it closed, it was, I mean, even, you know, it was pandemic time, but when it closed, there was a, I mean, there was a hole in, 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 uh, what the, the community needed as far as healthcare went. I was so happy to see you guys take it over and reopen it. That's a, that's a great service to the community, if nothing else. Yeah. And, and, and it speaks to, I think how busy people, busy families, um, 
yep. you know, have to try to manage their healthcare today. I mean, there are things that you can make an appointment for two Thursdays from now, but if you wake up sick today or your kid's sick today, right. um, you really need a more immediate uh, resource. When your eight-year-old daughter is in just complete tears because her ear hurts so badly, you have to have a place like the, that urgent care clinic to go. And uh, it, I, I'm just glad to see it's back. And now you're ex- expanding everything. That's fantastic. Yeah, great. Right. So some cool things happening there. The only other thing that I was going to m- mention under sort of the cool stuff happening is that we're continuing to grow our, our footprint relative to the wound care program that we started uh, a couple of years ago. This has uh, been um, really well received. And as I've talked to Jeff about in the mm-hmm. past, you know, the, the, the folks that are being, uh, uh, helped with this wound care program. Many of them have suffered with wounds that either haven't healed at all or been troubling for you know months and sometimes years. So so we we're, we're continuing to grow that program as well. Your results coming from that clinic have been. I just just uh, hearing uh, reading some of the stats from. It, I mean, I don't want to say surprising because you, you you've got good people there, but man, the, 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 there's some miraculous stuff happening there. Yeah, it really is. I mean, and, and uh, you know, we, we don't use the the cure word very often in healthcare, just because mm-hmm. uh, you know, um, it, it, you know, the, most things are a little more uh, stratified than that. But there are people who you know have been suffering with these things that you know just get completely better, yeah. and some don't get completely better, but they get substantially better. And and uh, so it's it's very it's a very reinforcing. Um, part of the practice because you get to work with people who whose lives are better at the end right okay so that's that's uh, that's the good news um the not so good news uh i don't think we've been able to talk to you since uh nhc announced that uh, the lonsdale clinic is going to be closing right and so um as as you might remember from previous conversations where Rich and I, or Rich, uh, Jeff and I have talked a little bit about what the financial challenges are, mm-hmm. is that we have about a 7 to $10 million delta that we identified of, of expenses that, that we needed to be able to find how, how, do we, how do we reduce the expenses of the organization in, in a material way. And, and the good news is we'll be able to do this. The, the bad news is you can't reduce that level of expense without reducing things. Um, You you know, you just, you you can't do it around the edges. So um, our clinic in um, Lonsdale um, uh, will be closing. um, And uh, the, the, if there's a silver lining here is that um, um, the, the physician who's the the main physician that, that uh, works there will be uh, moving to our Lakeville clinic. Uh, Patients will really have the opportunity to transfer their care either to Lakeville or Northfield or to Faribault. So the kind of the warm handoff from one of our clinic locations to another one, um, uh, hopefully from a patient standpoint goes pretty smoothly for folks. Now, certainly there may be, you know, some folks that, you know, you know, what worked for them was the fact that it was in Lonsdale, but I think for, for a great many people, they'll be able to keep the continuity of having the uh, um, the physician that uh, or other provider that they want to work for and stay within um, our system, just in a different building. Sure, it's 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 uh, a few extra miles, but it's not like you're you're asking them to go to Brooklyn Park. 
to go see their doctor. Right. 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 Um, so it, after after this happens, does that does that sort of right the ship for you, or what's next? So what, what we've been working on over the the summer and the autumn is to again try to identify um, how we can uh, get to this expense profile that that we need to have in the in the new reality with mm-hmm. the inflation and, and workforce shortages and all of that. So our goal is to uh, be able to make all the changes that we needed to make, at least in terms of major structural things, um, um, this year. And you know, not uh, I, we're trying to be a little bit sensitive to um, just the tr- change trauma that happens within organizations. That mm-hmm. you, know, if, you know, this this stuff, as you might imagine, makes people nervous, yeah. and so you don't want to just do it one drop at a time forever and ever. So we're trying to really compress this activity uh, and wrap most of it, most of it up um, here before the end of the year. We don't anticipate closing, <clears throat> closing any more clinics. We're not, uh, you know, we, we may have some other services that we need to continue to evaluate, but major programs and things like that, I, I think we are are, you know, kind of getting close to, you know, where we'll, we'll be when we get done with this effort. Can I, can I ask you about the decision to end uh, hospice service as well? Yes. Yes. So hospice services, um, you know, one of the, you know, reasons that we, we had that on our, our list was that we share a couple of things. One is there's, there's really good hospice services in the area that, are not us, you know, so that's part of our thinking process too, is if we get out of a particular service, is there another option for, for, for people? And with hospice, honestly, we were kind of third of three in terms of volumes the way it was. So we weren't in our estimation going to, you know, leave a, a vacuum in the, in the community relative to hospice services. The other thing is that we shared staff between our, our, our hospice and home health programs mm. And we haven't had enough professional staff to be able to grow our home health program to the, I mean, we we're routinely saying no to new patients in home health because we don't have enough staff. And so as we move out of the hospice part of the business, many of those staff will be available to be part of our team for home health and expand our ability to, to uh, uh, see and take care of more uh, patients in their homes. So that's that. That was honestly a little bit easier. That probably the most challenging part of that is that you're making this change for people and for individuals and families while they're sort of in mid hospice care, which is, as you might guess, you know, really sensitive. So uh, the team has worked really and is working right now to make sure that you know nobody falls through the cracks and that there's warm handoffs to. Um, other services and all of that. Yeah. And I, I have to ask you also where you are in the process of closing the, uh, the long-term care center as well. Yeah, that was, that was the, the, the work of the, you know, the kind of the meat of the summer was, yep. uh, you know, coming to that conclusion, getting, getting that going. So I think the good news is um, uh, all of the uh, um, uh, residents um, have found new homes, um, you know, thanks to our, our, you know, former residents and their families and then our staff that worked really hard at making sure that they could get 
transferred to someplace that they wanted to go to and that worked for them and their family. Um, you know, this was really important work to do well. Uh, you know, as you might imagine, Rich, it's it, it's a little different than the other programs that we have because, you know, this was people's home. You know, yeah. some of these people lived there for years. So this this took on a level of gravity that, that you know, other kinds of services and programs don't. Um, and so, we, and I've just really grateful and impressed with uh, our, our social work team and nursing team that really helped make sure that, that folks were able to do this in a way that was as, you know, helpful and non-traumatic as it could possibly be. Uh, tomorrow, um, on, on, on this radio station, we do a, a, a public policy show on Friday mornings uh, at nine o'clock. And tomorrow we are going to be talking with uh, Natasha Mertz, who is the uh, Assistant Commissioner of Aging and uh, Disability Services with the state of Minnesota. Um, this show that we're doing tomorrow, we're going to be talking about long-term care. And really the, the germ uh, for putting this show together came from conversations you have had, uh, Steve, with Jeff uh, over the course of a year. I want to, I want to, I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit here and, and ask you, what do you think I should be asking uh, uh, Assistant Commissioner Mertz about uh, where the state is with long-term care? Yeah, uh, that's a great question. And having having, having thought about it for uh, uh, six seconds, <laughs> I, 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 what I would be interested in is, is the you know kind of the, the the two ends of the spectrum one is um short-term mitigations to make sure that this this um long-term care industry and infrastructure as it exists today doesn't just blink out of existence um while you know while we're planning um and on the other end of the spectrum what are the thoughts about the long-term implications for a population that's growing older at an exponential rate? Mm-hmm. So it's it's the the math is um, the math is daunting, and that we you know we will have we're moving into a place, and it's and it's great news for folks like me who hope to join these ranks at some point. Um, but we're living longer than ever before. Yeah, but we're going to we're going to find ourselves in a place where we're, we've got more old people than in the history of people. Yes. And, and from a public policy standpoint, um, my anxiety is that the, the event horizon for planning with, with public policy is oftentimes kind of close. You know, what do we do, you know, for this biennium? Um, and I think the challenge for this particular set of related issues is uh, generational. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I would be really interested in, you know, wh- what are the commissioner's thoughts about not only the, the, the acute piece of this, but also the, the uh, long-term considerations. Right. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, that's on my list of things to talk with her about. That's for sure. Okay. So it, uh, it is, today is October 12th. We are, I, I would think this is the, uh, uh, the, the doorway of, uh, uh, the threshold of cold and flu season. And, uh, what, uh, what, what are you hearing at, at NHNC? What are you hearing from the CDC? What are we anticipating this year for cold and flu season and virus season in general? Yeah, I, I, I think it's, uh, 
well, you know, just locally, what we're starting to see is is uh, more uh, upper respiratory disease is starting to you know hit the hospital a little bit, and we're not overwhelmed by it. But you know, we we went for months, for instance, without any COVID patients in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've had COVID patients in the hospital every day now for the last couple of weeks. You know, not a ton. You know, one, two, three at a time. Um, I think. You know, we were also there for a while seeing patients in the hospital with COVID that were kind of had COVID and were in the hospital, weren't necessarily in the hospital because they had COVID. That's starting to change a little bit, too, where we're getting older, more fragile people who have COVID and their their upper respiratory illness is is part of what's uh, contributing to their hospitalization. So I think if there's a and this isn't exactly the question you asked, Rich, but I, but, but I think if there's an anxiety that we have going into this um, upper respiratory disease season is that it will be like last year and we'll all be the dog that caught the fire truck again, yeah. where it becomes a problem for us locally is if the big hospital systems that we rely on to transfer folks who are sicker than what we care for here or need something that, that it you know, a large academic medical center might provide. If those folks get full, then there's no place to transfer. And, and as you might remember, that's the place we were at, um, you know, about the you know turn of the year last year. So yep. we're hoping that doesn't happen. We do have COVID vaccine um, that's come in now. Uh, so people can get their, their flu shots. They can get their um, uh, COVID shots. If you, if you want a COVID shot, as an example, you can just, uh, uh, call the clinic and they'll arrange it. Typically we have sort of COVID shot days because we still have mm-hmm. um, vaccine you have to thaw out. So it's not as easy to do just, you know, to get it while you're sitting there, if you just happen to be there, but flu shots um, and, and COVID shots. And I think, you know, as you've undoubtedly read, I think we'll, I think it's likely that we're going to continue to see um, uh, COVID vaccinations start to, feel a little bit more like seasonal flu, uh, flu um, and, and that it'll be part of, uh, you know, kind of the rhythm that we all get into. I, I, I do think, you know, we, we talked about this ad nauseum um, uh, during the COVID pr- uh, uh, crisis, but one of the really sad unintended consequences of the pandemic is that um, in many cases, the, the, the number of people who are interested in being vaccinated, not just for COVID, but for flu and for other things, has actually gone down. And that this whole, you know, uh, you, you know a discussion around uh, the efficacy and safety and uh, in some cases, uh, in, in even, you know, conspiratorial uh, uh, thinking around uh, vac- vaccines We've actually we actually lost ground uh, during the uh, during the pandemic, and uh, that has the potential to be uh, a contributing factor, in my view, to uh, um, you know just sort of public health and public sickness. <laughs> there, I mean, I, I'm asking you to, to now to fix one of the great problems of the world, but how does NHC combat that that attitude? So I. I, I it's a great question, and I think you and I could uh, spend a little, uh, you know, a whole show uh, talking about this Probably. at some point. But, you know, the, the tact that we've taken for a couple of years has been to try to be the, um, 
a reliable purveyor of information and uh, stay out of the um, stay out of the, 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 the ridiculous uh, conversations and and emotional ones and all of that. Having said that, I'm I'm increasingly not convinced that healthcare organizations, large and small, academic and practical, don't just have to start to spit it out a little bit and say, you know what, some stuff, you know, not not all opinions are weighted the same. Some are stupid, um, and some things that you, you're perfectly able, you're perfectly uh, um, able to. Um, have as an opinion because this is American, you get to believe whatever you want, still might not be right. Mm-hmm. And I think we've been so resistant to even label nonsense as nonsense because we don't want to hurt people's feelings. And I'm not I'm not sure where we go with that because it 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 creates bad feelings. But you know, I was just re-watching the other day the the physician during the COVID uh, crisis who was putting a you know, a, you know, a straight pin on her sweaty forehead and saying, look, I'm a magnet. Yes. Um, and I think as a, as a, as an industry anchored in science, I think we have to be a little more full throated in our pushback about some of those things that we, we, we should be polite. We should be respectful. We probably shouldn't say the word stupid. Um, but, <laughs> but, um, uh, but I think we should push back with a little more rigor. Yeah, I, I, I personally, Steve, I would applaud those efforts. Steve Underdahl, Northfield Hospital and Clinics. Anything else we should talk about, sir? I don't think so. This has been delightful. It's great to talk to you, Rich. You too, Steve. I really do appreciate it. And uh, let's uh, try to make it not quite so difficult next time. All right. Thank you, my All friend. Right.